This episode of Cognitive Dissonance is brought to you by our patrons. You fucking rock. Hi, Tom and Cecil. This is Susan in El Paso, Texas. Um, my son's a vegetarian, and he started being a vegetarian when he was uh, six, and he decided to stop eating meat because he likes animals. Um, and he's been a vegetarian ever since, and now he's 10. Um, and we found out another good reason to be a vegetarian, besides the ethical reason, is that vegetarians have a lower environmental footprint or carbon footprint. Um, they impact the environment less for a number of different reasons. So uh, if you're a vegetarian, you're actually um, going to be helping the environment too. So I thought I'd just let you know, and I thought that was really cool that um, my son is not alone <laughs> being a young vegetarian, or even if your son's considering it. So, sorry, whole motherfucker. Cecil and Tom, this is Asriel from Australia, of all places. I do believe that I've caught up with your backlog, but I really can't be sure because I've been listening to your current and past episodes at the same time, and I might have lost that many brain cells that I've forgotten all of your current episodes since you did your podcast with Seth Andrews. Thank you for the show. Bye, guys. Hey, Tom and Cecil. This is Jason in Ohio. Just on a quick question. Have you ever noticed the Quiznos Demon and Sylvia Brown sound an awful lot alike? I was wondering, was the Quiznos Demon around before Sylvia Brown died? Just something to think about. Glory hole. that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. Recording live from Glory Hole Studios in Chicago, this is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical, it's political, and there is no welcome mat. This is episode 246 of Cognitive Dissonance. Later on in the show, we're going to have Chris Matheson, uh, author of The Story of God. It's a new book that's going to be coming out in uh, September, and he's going to be a guest for a little while, and we're going to talk to him about his book and about his thoughts about God. So that should be pretty interesting. Stick around for that. That was kind of a fun interview. I enjoyed doing that with him. So Yeah, it was great. So this is, uh, this is a hell of an episode. This is proof that nothing... Gets in the way of a cognitive dissonance episode. Absolutely. Nothing. nothing. We, uh, you can't stop this train. This is... Even if you're, say, an elderly woman and you lay down in front of the tracks <laughs> of the train. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, my mom just died uh, a couple days ago. Uh, she was old, and so she she had it coming. So. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, you're not a young man. I mean, no. you're like, you're 42? Yeah, 42 yeah. now. Yeah. So she had to be, what, 55? Yeah. I mean, she had to... <laughs> We were down in the south, so yeah. Oh no, yeah. No, she passed away a couple of days ago, but uh, but it was uh, it was it was as as quick as I think a lot of people like it to be. You know, when you talk about oh, I kind of want to go fast, like that was exactly how she went. See, and so. I want a long drawn out. Oh yeah, yeah. I want like I want last words and a drawn sure. out gasping. Breath. I want last words, and then I want to edit those last words. <laughs> My last words, and I want to call you to edit my last words. <laughs> I want to record it and then edit it, and I want to put my theme song on it. That's what I want. That's Cecil. the sort of death I want. One last time, yeah, for good measure. Yeah. I do testing wanna... one, two, testing. <laughs> Recording from Glorious. <laughs> Recording from the deepest bowels of hell. <laughs> I do want to tell a story that I may have told in the past i don't know if i told it on the air air there's no air air on the bits before on the, on the ipods yeah on the bits but uh but here's the story so this story i'm gonna i'm gonna sort of trigger warning people who are gonna get their fucking keyboards out to send us messages about hitting your kids is bad i think everybody at this day and age understands that hitting kids and doing you know, basically abusing your children is a bad <laughs> idea. But my mom came from a very different time. And, you know, she was much older than a lot of people's parents. And so she and I think my, you know, most people growing up, at least my age, I think we're hit as kids. I think a lot of us were sure, hit as kids. Yeah. So um, not hitting your kids was sort of countercultural, I think, in a lot of ways. So I think that, you know, w when... My mom did these things to me. I don't think she, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not going to, I don't want to get in the argument. So I just want to, I want to yeah. cut that argument off at the press because right. I have no, I have no interest in the hit, don't hit your kids argument because I don't care. I'm not going to have kids. You're not I having kids, I don't give a right? shit, right? I don't You're hit, not hitting my kids. And so. I, don't, I don't hit other people's <laughs> kids and I don't hit my cats. Right. I don't, I don't hit them because I don't think it does anything. So I just don't do it. So in any case, so there it is. Um, so that's the disclaimer. So we're driving in the car. And I'm like four years old and my mom's in the front seat and at, I, I think I'm four or five. It might have been five because I think I had a half day because when you're like a kindergartner when I was that age, you went for part of the day, but not yeah, all. Of right. It. So I was like I was a morning kid and then I was off in the afternoon. So she picked me up from school. I don't know, my both my brothers are still in school. So we're out doing whatever, you know, whatever. Yeah, Aaron things with Aaron things. I'm in the back seat. And this is back in the day when you had like a fucking full size swimming pool back seat. And and I was and I was standing up in the back seat because back then you didn't strap yeah, your nobody, kids. Nobody yeah. yeah, you didn't the seatbelt laws weren't a thing. You just opened the door and threw as yeah. many kids into sure. the car as you could. Yeah, it's basically the Flintstone mobile is what <laughs> I was in. So I'm standing in the back seat and you know, my mom's driving and at one point somebody cuts her off or slams on their brakes or does something. She, they do something in some way to make her mad. Yeah. And she says, you cocksucker. Wow. And, and my mom was a good. She was for her a very, very foul mouth lady. She's got a Deadwood mouth, man. Yeah, That's oh, great. yeah. Yeah. I mean, she yeah. she called him a San Francisco <laughs> cocksucker right there. And so so I'm sitting on the back seat playing with my little crossword thing or whatever I was doing. And I, I kind of look up from it and I say, Mom, what's a cocksucker? And she says, <laughs> Be quiet. Don't say that. You can't say that word. I was like, okay. So I fucking immediately filed it into save this right. for when something bad, someone does something bad for you. Because right. this is clearly one of those words. Because I knew the context in which he said it. So sure, clearly it was yeah. a bad word. And it was a bad word that inflicted damage on someone else. So I thought, 
this is all this is a gold mine. Thanks, mom. Right. You gave me ammunition for right, later. Right. Fast forward to maybe a day or two later, I'm out next door and the neighbor girl, uh, one year older than me, and at that age, one year older and a girl most times means much, much bigger. Yeah. Right? right. Much bigger. Yes. Yeah. So she's only a year older, but she's huge. I mean, right. she's like, oh, they're monsters. She's like, fuck it. She was like an ent. Like, yeah. she was like, <laughs> this huge thing. And it was like, fucking, you know. Well, she's beating me up. And she's got my hair. She's pulling my hair. And she's, you know, she's she's slapping me or whatever. And so she pushes me down. And she's standing over me. I'm like, I sort of rev it up. You know, it's like one of those, like, and I was like, you cocksucker. That's amazing. And. So everybody's sort of standing around, and I don't think many people thought much about it initially. They were just like, oh, whatever, you know, because they yeah, – right, yeah. But about four seconds later, the front door of my house, <laughs> the screen door kicks open, like, boom! <laughs> and it sounds like a shotgun blast, and everybody just kind of freezes, right? Because here, here comes a wild parent. And they don't know what to do, right? right? Oh, so yeah. everybody's just everybody's just up and up. It's like, oh, I don't know what to do. You're like you're like a bunch of zebra, yeah, and like a lion just <laughs> stepped exactly. out, right? Exactly. And it's just like fucking run, exactly. run. So it could take any one of us. <laughs> yeah, it could, it's indiscriminate right? in its rage. It has no idea what's going to happen. It, it will yeah. find the weakest. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, I don't even know. It's like it's like you're in a fucking you're in a you're in a movie theater in Colorado or oh, something. God. You know what I mean? You don't even know. So. So she comes marching over, and I'm frozen in fear. I don't know oh, what to do, right? Yeah. So I'm immediately frozen. I'm kind of like, you know, I'm sitting on the ground, and I'm kind of doing one of those things to your legs where you sort of try to move your butt back <laughs> away from the dragon yeah. as it's leaning right? over you. And she grabs me by my hair, <laughs> and she lifts me off the ground by my hair, <laughs> and then drags me inside. And I'm immediately wailing because it clearly hurts right? when you get yeah. dragged by your hair. Plus, and, you're uh, terrified of your mom. Yeah, I'm already yeah, terrified. Right. And she drags me to the sink and she pulls me over to the sink. <laughs> she leans me over her knee with my back. So my back is, is on her knee and my, my face is pointed to the ceiling. Right. She yanks on my hair to open my mouth, grabs <laughs> the liquid Lux, uh, opens the thing, uh, puts it in my mouth and squeezes. <laughs> So my whole mouth fills with soap. And it's just immediately, I immediately, I'm fucking, of course I'm leaning backwards too, so I start to throw up. I start to throw up. I throw up. She drags me upstairs. When it's easy to clean because there's plenty of soap. (laughs) No, it was great. And she threw me in the room. And uh, and there I sat for, I want to say, maybe half a day just blowing bubbles because (laughs) you can just, like, use your own saliva to create a bubble. So... So that's one of my fondest memories of my mom. Well, and um, look, it, and and look at what it has taught you. Yeah. You never curse. I never say cocksucker right. anymore. Yeah. I've avoided that, that, word, that is, word. Yeah. Yeah. So That's a beautiful memory. It, it is. It's one of those touching memories, you know? <laughs> I wish that they would make that into like a little love is cartoon. How do you turn you know? that moment into a Hallmark card? <laughs> you know? You open the front of the card is a little boy and, and you're you like, know, cocksucker. You know what it should be? It should be one of those like talking. It cards. should be. And you open up and it says, cocksucker. <laughs> I, I will say this though. That story has lived throughout my whole family for years and years and years. We've told it at Thanksgivings and kidded around about it for years and years and years. It's been a joke a in my story. family for forever. 
And it's, you know, it's, it's got everything. It's got, you know, foul language, abuse. I mean, it's got everything. <laughs> Child abuse, maybe a little poisoning. <laughs> well, hey, here's to your mom, here's, man. Here's to mom. But what the scriptures are anxious to say, it's far more important that we be spiritually strong as a nation than that we be militarily strong. It's not enough to be militarily strong. If we are militarily strong, but we are spiritually weak as a nation, uh, we are going to go down. And that's why it's critical, I believe, to have a commander-in-chief who is a Christian-in-chief first and then is our commander-in-chief. Absolutely critical that we have a man who is commander-in-chief who sits in the Oval Office who has a personal relationship with the God of the Bible. Not the God of the Book of Mormon, not the God of the Quran, but the God of the Old and New Testament. So this first story comes from 1011. 1011? What? Yeah, I know. 1011now.com. No, is it? how can it be both 1011 and now? <laughs> it doesn't even know what time it is. Fucking whatever. It's a fucking North Platte affiliate. A Tennessee man running for president, forming the Christian party. He actually looks like he's... Popping out of a doorway. <laughs> like I know because it's like at a weird angle. <laughs> He's got this photo of him, which is like clearly taken by the portrait people in the mall. Like, it's like, hey guys. <laughs> and it's like, he's popping out from the left at a crazy jaunty angle. He looks like he's just like peeking around the door, like, what's going on in there, guys? <laughs> Can I play? Hey guys, want to start the Christian party? <laughs> Is this where the Christian party is? I heard it's a great party. I hear it's super lame. <laughs> it's like the worst party ever. Everybody just dances around not touching each other. No hookers at the, at, the, at the Christian party. So this Christian party, Tom, can yeah. you read some of the tenets that it has? Because these are some of the best things. Like, so one of the thing, few of the things that he's planning on doing are just great. He says the first part of the campaign platform is to do away with the separation of church and state. <laughs> And make it the union of church and state instead. Oh. Um, and country, uh, there, there are some countries that do that, Tom. Yeah, I'm trying to think. A country that's ruled by its religious tenets. Mm. You know, there's actually even an entire theology that's taking over countries. Sort of going the backward route. Yeah, you know? right, right. It's yeah. a theology first. And yeah, what do they call that? Is, is, I think. Is, ill. Yeah. I think it is. <laughs> That seems to be going swimmingly. I like that. Is, is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it sort of cuts the harsh edges off that. Well, you, you know? know, they actually modeled that after yeah. uh, Bill Clinton, because it depends on what the definition of is, is. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I did not behead that woman. <laughs> I did not fuck her next up. <laughs> I did not sell Monica Lewinsky into slavery. <laughs> I did not push that man off a building. <laughs> I did not. I, I did not put their fingers in the finger chopper <laughs> offer machine. <laughs> There's no graceful way to say finger right, chopper off a machine. machine. I did not crucify that family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh, oh yeah. Great. Oh, but they've got. He's got more great ideas. He does. He, he says, does. Uh, uh, he wants to make the Bible a standard required subject in all public schools and universities for all grades. <laughs> Just all of them. Hey, what book are we reading? I don't know. Fucking same book as last year. 
Oh, yeah, we're, I'm just going to recycle the same book report. It's like you wrote it in first grade. You're oh. still handing it in in university. So one of my favorite tenants here, Tom, wants to increase the legal drinking age to 25 and ban alcohol on all college campuses. Super popular guy. And, I bet he wins. And here's, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. They have been trying to motivate that particular base of people for years and years and years to try to motivate them to get out to the polls, right? right? This guy is a galvanizing force <laughs> to get those college campuses to vote. Could you imagine if he was an action? I mean, fucking this guy. Nobody this even guy's cares who this yeah. guy is. Nobody even knows. Like when when you're using your fucking, you know, your profile picture from your Facebook as, right, your, as, your, as your thing photo. for your campaign that you took it like your buddy's <laughs> wedding when you leaned around those sorts. Of, when you do that, nobody's taking you seriously anyway. But the very fact that this guy is saying this, um, you know, this is this this sort of thing is 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 what the left would beg for. Oh, God. he's a, it's a great platform to argue against uh, to have on you on your opponent's side because it's all so crazy. Yeah, like it's not it's not like he's like uh, he's got some good ideas, but he's also a little crazy. It's like no, no, all of it's crazy. all of it's crazy. All of it is insane. Yeah, I mean, I mean, well, here's the thing. He wants to make the Bible standard. He wants to increase the legal drinking age. He wants to ban alcohol on college campuses. He wants to, uh, he says, if he becomes president, homosexuality will not be recognized legally or any other manner. Uh, this will also include a restriction on rating system for TV shows that ban any movie that contains homosexuality, uh, among other restrictions. You know, the, 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 and he's also talking about how he wants to, like, Find people for who are guilty of abuse or infidelity and in, in marriage. He wants to have people go to like counseling, counseling classes before they get married. They have kids. How, they have to go to parenting how, classes. Tom, how is this the thing that you look at and you say, "Yeah, we're the party of small government." Yeah, like I, none I, of this is small government. I just want to regulate every moment of your life. Yeah, of your love life, of your sexual life, of your television viewing habits, everything. of your drinking, yeah, everything. of your educational experience. But other than that, I'm I'm totes small government. I'm totes small government. <laughs> like, the thing where he's where he says he wants to have Christian marriage counseling for everybody. And you're thinking, what about Jewish people? Well, okay, so you <laughs> so you have Christian marriage counseling. What what they're all government paid? Like how is that small government? How is it that you're creating a whole new step oh. to get married and you're saying that that's small government? I bet he would argue that you pay for your own. And if you can't afford it, you don't get married, which is hilarious, too, because then that makes less people get married and more people have sex out of, out of wedlock, which means more babies out of wedlock, I mean, which means more single parents. And like, it's it's a, it's such a wildly impractical ridiculous platform that can't possibly survive. Yeah. But part of me looks at this and thinks like, I bet there's a ton of people who would be fucking like, yeah, that's how you fix America. You know, I, I mean, think so. All those I think hell house idiots. Yeah. All the, all the people that are, that are far, far Christian, right. That, you know, think that the Bible is the literal word of God and all that. I think there's a lot of people out there that would see would hear this and say, "Yeah, I'd love to see America do that." Yeah, well, it's like it's like but those are people who love God more than they more than they think that they're citizens of this country, right? Because that's true. because that's I don't true. think you can read this guy's principles and think, "Oh yeah, I would want to make sure that I change the Constitution in such a drastic, crazy way." And I, and it's not that I'm a you know let's keep the Constitution because it's some sort of magical document. I don't think it is in particular. Right. Some sort of crazy magical document. I think that we can always improve 
and we can always progress and we can always change our mind. I think that those are that's a merit. That's not a flaw. Right. That's not that's not a fucking that's a that's a feature, not a bug in the system. <laughs> right. But in any case, I think that the, these people like there's there's these people don't they don't fucking like America at all. If that's the case, they don't like any of the principles about America. If that's the case. Yeah, I think America is just a convenient place for us all to have our houses. Sure, yeah. For these folks. Yeah. And then beyond that, it's just like, go to my fucking church. Yeah. This story is just fucking nuts, man. This is from the Raw story. North Carolina church member designated as an armed guard leaves his gun in a toilet stall where a four-year-old finds it. Four-year-old, huh? Four, dude. That's super young. That's 66 years younger than the dude who had the gun. I think I think if children are going to be able to handle and use guns, they shouldn't be able to hold a gun that has an ammo count that's larger than their age. <laughs> so if a kid like that age, yeah. you probably give him a Derringer, right? There's only <laughs> two bullets. Double barrel shotgun to be just go. fine. Right. You know, sure. But at a certain point, I think, you know, like, you know, you don't want them to have like, you know, a 14 clip. Well, wait a minute. 14 can shot. I can I give him like my pump gun and put the plug in? It's down to three. I'm with that. <laughs> He's got I would love to see a four year old shoot your Benelli. <laughs> that would be the funniest thing I've ever seen because that kid would go into the stratosphere <laughs> if he shot it. <laughs> they kick so hard. It would be hilarious to see that kid. <laughs> Shoot out! That would be hilarious. No, but I think I think that's a good rule. That's maybe, a great rule. Maybe we I like could, that. Yeah, see if we get the NRA behind that. Well, well, the NRA would complain like, "Whoa, wait a minute! You got to be a hundred for a hundred round magazine? <laughs> Outrageous! <laughs> Outrageous!" So this guy, so this church, this is just fucking insane. So this church hires, I guess, or appointed some dude that was some seventy year old dude. No, what they, the do, what they did was guy? no. What they did was they they passed the collection plate, and in the bottom of it was a gun. And whoever reached in and grabbed the gun, it's like pulling a sword out of a lake. There um, you go. Yeah, it's like that's how they decide oh, these things. Think, that's how they decide these. Lester. That's how they decide these things in the South. That's how you become mayor in certain places, that's, right? You pull actually, the fork out of the cheesecake, and there you are. You know, that's it was actually you. Bobby who you fished it out of the river after yeah, somebody fished, went, fished their teeth out of the river. <laughs> teeth and a fucking handgun. Oh, it's a and church a, garden and a handgun. sword. The lady of the lake was in there. <laughs> it's so crazy. So they get they give this dude a gun. He's just some dude. Like yeah. they just give this dude a gun. They just, he, he just walked to, in from outside. They don't even know him. <laughs> just, yeah, just, here you go. Here's a 38 special. Go ahead and guard our church. Can, can you go take a smash real quick and leave your <laughs> fucking shitter? That's the best thing. Like, he goes, he, he drops a deuce in church and leaves his gun. I don't even know how you do that. Like, where was the gun? It's not, so it's not like in a holster. It's just like in his pocket. It was like. Maybe it was secreted in his anus. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you? And he left it in the stall. So that means he took the gun. Oh. I mean, just follow this through. This He takes the gun into the stall. You drop your trout. You sit down. You're like, ah. Maybe, maybe, gun it, is... maybe he was cleaning it. <laughs> 
I don't know what you're doing with it what, at that point. What is happening? Where they yeah. got, where they, and or he, he was like sweating profusely and he took his shoulder holster off and <laughs> set it on the ground. So everything just slides off of him. Because it's such a it was such a hard and furious shit. He's like on there like declothing because <laughs> right. he needs the air. He's like, he's like, oh man, <laughs> I shouldn't eat that block of cheese. What was I thinking? Maybe it was maybe <laughs> maybe it was so aggressive he was worried the gun would just go off on its own. Right. <laughs> It's getting dangerous in here. That one that smells like fucking raw gasoline. It's like, it's like the end of the stand when the thing comes up and grabs the right. missile and blows it. It's like a, the, the stink just reaches up and pulls the trigger. <laughs> then this four-year-old comes in, right? And he grabs the gun. And thankfully, the father goes in and is like, because you don't let a four-year-old right. go to the bathroom by themselves. But, you know, if the kid was a couple of years older... Kid could just wander in there, be like, "I found me a bullet gun." Boom! <laughs> I love the Second Amendment. <laughs> God bless America. I'll use this to protect the First Amendment. Boom! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> and then I love the uh, I, I love the quote. The quote here uh, says, "Haynes received a ticket for child endangerment." No, nope. hey. Don't you leave your guns laying around now, where kids can find them. Is there like like when I get a ticket for speeding, yeah. I can go to traffic school. Is there like a child endangerment school that I can go to to get out of this thing? Is there any way that this thing won't mar my record up? Is but there any way like where, they, where they show me that I shouldn't shake a baby or something? Like is there like a thing somewhere that I can go? Well, it's 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 actually just for people who leave guns in bathroom stalls. <laughs> they just walk in and they slap you. In the <laughs> In the South, the classes fill up quickly. Oh, no. It's just, yeah. And he says, I love this. He understood the severity of it. Quote, a four-year-old is just nowhere old enough to be nowhere within reach enough. of it. Man, I'm glad you Telling said you. that because I was curious until you clarified. Is a four-year-old old enough to have a gun? Wow. But you've seen those stories. I'm sure you've seen the stories where, like, somebody buys their youngin' or their, like, my first rifle and it's like it's like a five-year-old kid six-year-old kid and they're super proud they give him a rifle and it's fucking loaded and they fucking shoot their sister and shit it happens with alarming regularity people think the kids are responsible enough for guns i'm wor- i give my fucking eight-year-old a fishing pole it has a hook on it it's fucking armageddon <laughs> it's i would I run away. He, I, I, don't, I, I just want to put a bobber on it with nothing else attached sure, to it. Sure, yeah, and just let him throw it I out just, there and be like, oh, no, that's how you catch fish on giant round things. I would yeah, be, that's how the fish show up. The idea of giving my eight-year-old a gun, Yeah. as much as I would love to take him shooting at some point in his life. Here's the thing. We go shooting, and we have to like you have to like remind the people you go shooting with not yeah. to do stupid shit. And they're full-grown adults. Right. We know? have gone out on a number of occasions and been... We've gone out and been like, that dude doesn't come back. Right. That's happened. Yeah. You know, we've gone out on, on a, a handful of occasions and somebody's like, turned around. And you're like, fucking don't turn around. Yeah. The- don't stand. Don't don't level the gun at us. Like, right. what are you doing? What? Or you see other people when we go out shooting oh. and we and we shoot with other people and they're doing crazy shit. And, and you got to like, leave. You're just like, well, I'll just I'm just going to go away because right. you can't shoot me. When I'm in Chicago. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I already have bullets to worry about down there. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, yeah. My, I mean, my wife will be so mad if I get shot. That's what I always tell people. Like, to, to, please don't shoot me. Yeah. Colleen is going to be so mad She's if so I come mad. home shot. Yeah. I don't want to deal with that. Like, I would rather I would rather have you fucking shoot me dead than wound me. To come home to that? No. When not you're limping? 
<laughs> she's got to take care of you. I would tell her it was something else. Yeah. I'd widen the wound and be yeah. like, oh, I got a bear bite or something. Uh, I got attacked by a feral deer. <laughs> just, uh, got, like stick an antler in the bullet hole. Oh, no, honey. <laughs> You see, there are demons in the earth. Read Matthew, Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. There are demons all over where, and Jesus cast out demons when he walked the earth. God, this story is just, I hope none of this story happened. You ever read a story and you're like, I really hope it didn't happen, that none of this yeah, happened. Yeah, every week, Tom. Yeah. Every fucking week. So this comes from Huffington Post. Uh, family breaks open teenager's tomb saying they heard her screaming. Um, so family members of a teenager. So there's a teenager in Honduras. Um, she was pregnant and newly married and she collapsed and started foaming at the mouth. So the family did the only logical thing to do. Call 911. Yeah, they didn't do that. They called for an exorcist immediately. Like fucking what? They they dialed 912. They they just dialed (laughs) 666. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. So so they, they, they call for an exorcist. The exorcist doesn't work. Right. You know, because that's not a thing. Sure. So that's like... Newsflash. That'd be like if somebody was having a seizure, and you just were like, punch him in the face! <laughs> and like, <laughs> no, no. I can't imagine how that would... That's like, not going to work. Yeah, stab him in the gallbladder! <laughs> like, why would you, why would you do that? <laughs> what, 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 how could that possibly... Yeah. So... So they decided she was dead, and they buried her in her wedding dress. That's so sad. sad. The story gets sadder. It's so sad. And then the next day, the family heard her crying from inside her tomb. So then they... That's so sad. That's so So then they had to exhume her from her tomb. With their hammers. Right. Yeah. Um, which they did. They, they exhumed her from the concrete enclosure. Um, but she was dead again. This is the second time she was dead. Um, and, uh, it turns out that, that she had like her fingers were all bruised up. So possibly, possibly try, they possibly buried this young woman Maybe. alive. That's what they're reporting. I don't know yeah. if that's the case. Or yeah, not. I don't think, I, mean, I don't yeah, know. Don't I mean, know. it's, it's, uh, you really have to wonder, uh, first off the tragedy about, you know, just throwing away perfectly good teenager is terrible i think i mean i think that's i think that's ecologically one of those those bad things that we look at and we're just like god i can't believe this we gotta wonder what the doctors in honduras are doing if they're if they're putting in a person in the ground that is not not dead not dead yet that's you not know? a thing that's, that's like an ye oldie like 18th century it thing. seems like a ye oldie thing <laughs> right so part of me doesn't believe that that's the case i'm not sure that they're saying that she was that she had bruised fingers or sure. something, and that may be caused by something completely different. Who yeah. knows? You know, could be part of. The they said that something process. was broken on the like inside too. There was glass that was broken or something, but we have no idea if they're banging on something did anything. You know right. what I mean? Like yeah, you don't sure. know. You know, they're you whacking know. away at this thing with sledgehammers. I have knows? no idea. So right. I don't know what the facts in this case are, and it's a fucking it's a Huffington Post weird news article. So it's not very detailed. It turns sure. out it's only four or five paragraphs long. So we don't know if any of that stuff really right. happened all we know is that she she was clinic supposedly dead they called an exorcist instead of a doctor and then they exhumed her because they thought they heard her screaming those are things that we know for can sure. we just get to a place where we call doctors instead of exorcists like that's the that's the reason i i included this story like can we just can we just get to the place where we're like oh let's that's super sad that somebody's like pregnant newly married and flipped out and is foaming at the mouth we should probably call a doctor. 
It should never occur. I don't. I want to live in a world where it never occurs to anyone to call an exorcist. That would be a way better world to live in. A fucking exorcist? Oh, man. What do we do? I don't know. Get the demons out of her? I don't know. Why did you... That's all bred from a fear culture, though. You know what I mean? Like, that's all that that comes from. That comes from the culture of fear of demons and fear of that sort of thing. Because she exhibited signs that are traditionally what people would be exercised for. Sure. She had a seizure of some sort and people, you know, automatically and immediately say that that is a demonic possession. That's where they associate those two things. So then they took her – they did the thing that they've been told – you know, throughout their whole life, you know, and then they and and when you mix that with a deep belief system that causes you to have that, you know, to use that as a, as a as a method in which to you know engage the world. This that nothing can go right at that yeah, point. Right. There's there's no way that you can fix that without cutting. I mean, clearly this is the religion's fault. This is the superstition's fault. The right. thing, the idea that. A demon exists. The idea that a you know that a demon can possess someone, that a that a person uh, needs another person to somehow scare the demon out of them. Those those beliefs are are dangerous. They're That's a dangerous, dangerous. It's a dangerous belief, and it's and it's and it's evident in many different cultures all over the world where they have this, where they mistake brain activity, bad like weird tricky brain activity with being having having right. a demon right and that's it's dangerous to all those people all those people are walking a fine line can be you know they can be you can be massively injured in in an exorcist that in exorcisms that happens to a lot of people where they get injured people sometimes die during exorcisms when they hold people down they suffocate them they do all kinds of crazy right. shit they, you know you they sometimes throw up and they make them stay in that position you know what i mean all those different ways that you can get yep. injured in that position and then also not treating things that should be treated by actual medicine. Yeah, all it's, of it. It's, it's a just, lose, it's lose, a lose, lose, lose. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's and like we're so, you know, the thing that kind of makes me crazy, Cecil, is like we, we're guilty of it here in the states. I'm not picking on Honduras, but just globally speaking, we are we are absolutely comfortable with this idea of the supernatural. Yeah. Like we're we're forgiving of it, and even the people that don't believe in supernatural. Uh, in the supernatural, just generally, we tend to have this sort of live and let live attitude toward toward these kinds of ideas where it's like, yeah. oh, well, you know, I believe in gold. Like someone just casually be like, you know, this happened at my workplace the other day. Somebody's like, yeah, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I believe in ghosts and all that stuff. And it's just like there's this casual I believe in the supernatural and that's okay and I can't be challenged on it and it's harmless and it's, you know, some X-Files I want to believe sort of shit. But it, it, is, it is not harmless. This yeah. is garbage thinking. It's bad thinking. And I don't blame people. I, this is a cultural shift. Absolutely. It's educational. Absolutely. And, you know, the other thing, too, is we talk about the – recently in, the, in Illinois, actually, uh, Governor Rauner, our new governor – just signed a law. At least I, I read that he signed some sort of bill or something in, in in that forbidding people from using that gay conversion therapy. Yeah, I saw that. So gay conversion yeah. therapy is illegal. You're not allowed to do that because gay conversion therapy hurts people. Sure, it hurts people. It yeah, psychologically right. damages people, and we recognize that. We look at this as a culture, and we say, you know what? That practice is barbaric. Right. Why can't we do that to the things that are causing harm 
like exorcisms. Sure. Why can't we do that? We do we do it when we talk about people who neglect their children when they give them home like like remedies that like for say leukemia that aren't a actual remedy. We do that. We pull the kid out and we right. make sure that the kid gets the right treatment. Why can't we do this with something like exorcism? Why can't there be a movement to ban exorcisms as in general? Why can't we people would look at it as an attack on their religious liberties. Yeah. And it's like man I know you want, and, and I'm just going to sound like a total dick, but it's like, look, I know you want to have your your happy little Sunday tradition, That's and, and, and that you really believe in all this, but set aside for a moment your, your, you know, church choir and how great the pig roast is next Sunday and how much you love your buddies and getting together and shaking hands and getting, you know, doing the whole Sunday morning thing. People are dying for yeah. this shit. Yeah. They're just dying for it. This is not an attack on, but you know that's the argument. Like, oh, now the government's telling us we can't, sure. you know, cast demons out of people. Like now, all of a sudden, the government says we need to keep demons in people, right? Yeah. Like, and it's it, and that's you, and that's what they, that's how they spin it. Is oh well, look at you know they look at the government is really they're really trying to make sure right. that and people would that, believe that demons don't they get a free pass, right? This is an edu- I feel like this is an educational issue. Like, how do you get rid of exorcisms? Like, what if somebody offered you an exorcism? What you would? I'm gonna. Get, would you turn it down? Yeah. Yeah, I would turn that shit down sure. too. If like, like if my kid fucking came down with chicken pox and someone's like, we should tie him to a chair and beat him and splash him with holy water, I'd be like, you need to leave immediately. Yeah. <laughs> You're fucking cuckoo. But like, this is an educational issue. Don't sure. You think so? Sure. I think you can get there. I just think it's a slower path. Want to contact the guys? Go to DissonancePod.com to get links to their Google+, Facebook, and Twitter accounts. If you want to contact them directly, send an email to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. Or you can call and leave a message at 740-74-DOUBT. That's 740-743-6828. Do you want to support the show? Go to Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash dissonance pod or click the link on the podcast homepage and you can donate to the production of cognitive dissonance on a per episode basis if you can't spare any money take a second to give us a five-star review on itunes or stitcher or spread the word about the show we want to send a big heartfelt glory hold to all the patrons and people who rate us you fucking rock <laughs> from right wing watch uh, illegal immigration undermines America's core mission to spread the gospel of Jebus. Sounds like the first story. It sounds very strikingly similar to the first story. Let's hear it out of uh, Brian Fisher's poisonous own gob. Our purpose as a people, this is evident from the beginning of our history, our purpose as a nation, as United States of America, is to advance and expand the kingdom of God. That is the calling that's on the United States. Huh. No. Yeah, I didn't know that. No. It's not part of Because if that was our mission, don't you think that would be in the mission statement of the United States? The mission statement is called, by the way, the Constitution. Yeah, well, so, it could be argued that the mission statement could have been the Declaration. Okay. Right? So if you made that argument, it's still not in there either. Right. Yeah. Advance and expand... The kingdom of God. Another way to put it, our task is to fulfill the Great Commission. What the fuck is he on about? The Great Commission, Tom. Well, how much is it? Like, what percentage? 
<laughs> I want to know. I get a great commission. I would like a great commission. If you sell this bullshit, you get a you great, get a great commission. commission. <laughs> <laughs> Take the gospel to every nation on the globe. That seems exhausting. It does. Holy I'm already shit. tired. I got to take it to every nation. Uh, oh, jeez. I got to go to Papua New Guinea with the fucking book and be like, hey, I know you wear like fucking twigs on your penis. Here's a book written 2,000 years ago. I love that they have twigs on their penis. Do they like lay them the wrong way? Do they lay them like they, they, get, they just start laying them? It's like, a, it's like a really weird game of Jenga, you know? Just, <laughs> twigs on your Bunch penis. Of fucking footless dudes running around <laughs> footless. in the jungle. They're footless? They don't footless. have any feet? They, got they just got stumps and twigs on their penis. <laughs> what world am I imagining? Good Lord, Tom. What kind of world is this where you've amputated the feet off of all the natives and put twigs on their penises? I fucking eat rooster eggs. <laughs> <laughs> and we have, up to this point in our history, we have abundantly fulfilled that mission. United States. Has- United States. <laughs> I love that. I love the United Spatzel. That's good <laughs> delicious. Stuff. That's great when you put a little demi gloss on uh, that United Spatzel. I'd eat my own head. Delicious. Has invested more financial resources and sent more personnel carrying the message of the gospel to more darkened corners of the world than any other place on the planet, and that is our calling. And that really, huh? Huh. Is that what we're supposed to do? Send the gospel to the darkest corners of the United States. Well, first off, it's a globe, so there's no corners technically, yeah. but mm. let's mm. just say it's troubling. darkest corners of the globe. I would think would that, that be Antarctica? Is that the darkest? Well, half the time it is. Yeah, and then it's sure. and then super it's not, bright. It's yeah. Kind of bright. Yeah. So you got it. Yeah, it's like halvesies with the north and the south. Sure. Like, oh, fuck, we got to go to the other darkest corner. Fucking sail up there. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I also would – I think I would I, – I think that would be grossly inaccurate. I think if anybody – like what What about like Spain during the, the, the time of exploration? Like when they were, you know, coming over to South America and, you know, North America and what have you and uh, converting people by force and, you know, I mean when, when, when the whole new world was settled, if you're going to make the argument that that any nation on earth – spread the gospel to the darkened corners of the earth. I I can't see how America in 200 and change years has somehow done that more than, again, just throwing out there like Spain, right. bringing Christianity sure. to Mexico, to yeah. Peru, to, you know, vast swaths of South America, yeah. which, where it has held yeah. and, and Central America. Sure. Uh, right? Yeah, no. I know it doesn't make any sense to me either. And that is what illegal immigration is is threatening. It's threatening our ability to carry out that mission because we get consumed with internal problems. One of the things we need to be able to carry out the Great Commission is a sense of national unity. We are one people with a common purpose that has to do with the things of God, with expanding the reach of God, expanding the impact that God's kingdom and the gospel has on the world. And our job is to cooperate. But, well, you can't do that if you're fractured, if you're divided over race. If you're divided over race? I thought this was about illegal immigration. Are we going to, like, take all of all the rest of the races out except for Brian Fisher's race? What is that, pasty white guy? Yeah, I mean, he's With super. White hair. That's definitely. He actually has to check that pasty white guy. Yeah. On his, yeah, we, we definitely, as a Christian nation, according to Brian Fisher, wouldn't want 
hordes of extremely Christian people. Yeah. In desperate need. <laughs> right? Is that exactly like like cuz cuz the argument these guys always make is that it's it's people coming up from Mexico, yeah. from Mexico yeah. and Central and South America. These are by and large as we just discussed. These are by and large a gr- like very Catholic Christian nations. Sure. So they're sending their Christians into our country and he's like, "Wait a minute. We got to spread the gospel. How can we do that if we have more Christian people?" Yeah. Here in our Christian country. It's dividing us is what he said. It's dividing us because he doesn't like brown people. Right. That's why. That's what he's saying. He's like, we can't be divided on race, i.e. more whites, less browns. If you're divided because you have people living illegally that don't even belong here, have no intention of assimilating, no intention of entering into that larger purpose for your nation, they're not going to be an asset to that. They're They're going to be a detraction to that. They're going to diminish the capacity of the country to do that. What a fucking... How? I mean, I don't even know how. Like, I don't even understand how most of those people are religious. Like, I don't understand what he's talking about. I don't know either. It's not like there's a huge influx of people from, like, fucking Scandinavia. Yeah, like a bunch of atheists from, yeah. from Sweden or something. A bunch of, like, up, fucking like... gothic Swedes or whatever. <laughs> They're fucking death metal. Like, metal, like... <laughs> <laughs> that's what it sounds like. <laughs> 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 oh god, I fucked this whole show up. Oh man. <laughs> Somebody's gonna write us like that's not at all what Norwegian death metal sounds like. They don't sound like <laughs> I'll tell you what though, Tom. If Norwegian death metal sounded like I would buy it. I would listen to I would drive down the road with the windows open. What you say because you can't understand any of that shit anyway. It's like it's like death metal scatting. You know what I mean? It's like does Norwegian death metal I would buy the fuck out of that album. <laughs> it's a double disc. It's one track. It's just. It's two hours and ten minutes. I would listen to that all day and all night. Are you kidding me? That would be the best thing ever. I broke my face laughing at this. <laughs> I'm like some footless penis twig man to pull up on Abortions for all. Very well. No abortions for anyone. Hmm. Abortions for some. Miniature American flags for others. So this story comes from Pat Robertson. <laughs> no, it, it does come from Pat Robertson, though. Well, it does by way of right-wing watch. Right. Uh, market crash, God's punishment for abortion rights and Planned Parenthood funding. What? Yeah. Oh that's my, how it works. Let's, let's hear it. Let's hear what fucking Jolly McFucking Chubface is going to say here. <laughs> Listen, that organization is an absolute monstrosity to take 
your money and my money, which the government extorts from us every year in the form of taxation, is nothing short of tyranny. Bullshit. Wow. Bullshit. They fund all different kinds of things that I disagree with, and I've got to fucking live with it. Sure. Suck it up, dude. Suck it up. That's, That's the fucking. It's the lamest fucking argument I've ever heard when they're talk, calling that shit tyranny because they disagree with fucking Planned Parenthood. But I have to fucking. I have to be totally fine with fucking drone striking a fucking six year old. Sure. Right. I have to be like, oh, well, I guess that's okay. Sorry. Whoops. Yep. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Fuck we should, off. Yep. We fuck should build more off. billion dollar planes. You know. Like, yeah, that's bullshit. Right. You know, five hundred million dollars goes to Planned Parenthood, and I'm, I'm supposed to get my fucking tits in a wad about that but we we literally spend a billion dollars in research on a new fighter jet for what that we, we don't even want right that we don't even want that the that the, that the military has said like we, that we have no fucking ab we have no use for this thing yeah nobody wants it sure i gotta spend a fucking billion dollars and you know what i honestly don't care i don't even i don't care about the individual line items that my taxes go to i never think about it like yeah. that i think Hey, I got to pay some taxes, and I just pay the taxes. You know, I what I—that's part of living in this society. I think it's perfectly fine to be like, "Fuck, I, I wish we didn't spend this money on this thing," and and contacting the people who make these budget items and and doing what you got to sure. do to do that. I think that that's fine. That's a perfectly valid way to interact with your government. But to say that it's tyranny is bullshit. Yeah, right. It's bullshit, and it's not extortion yeah. to pay your taxes. That's. Every country has taxes. Yeah. They're not extorting the taxes out of you. That's part of living in a civilized society. Yeah. You don't like that gold? I mean, like, I'm sure, like, fucking Somalia in the early 90s, you had a fucking very low tax rate. Yeah. You also had, you had no government. You also had no feet. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You, were, you were a <laughs> footless. footless. Walking around. You know that business about taxation without representation? Well, we're getting taxed in... The left is saying we're going to give it to an organization that is repugnant to most Americans. And the president has basically said, if you take that out of the budget, he said in a previous negotiation about uh, sequester, he said, if you take this money away, I will shut the government down. Now, that's how strong he feels about funding the murder of unborn babies. That's a fault. That's false. That's just blatantly yeah. false because they're not funding abortions with any tax money right yep so it's explicitly earmarked it's, that it cannot it's, go it's it's blatantly false right and here in america we have been complicit in terminating the lives of in excess of 50 million precious unborn children and don't you think almighty god is going to hold us accountable for that i do not think that no, no. i don't yeah i don't actually. no i i think that uh there's no god and there's no <laughs> possible way what and i i do think that there's a god though tom and i think what he has <laughs> that's shocking to me i think he has a <laughs> giant abacus but the the beans on it are actually fetuses just, so he just slides <laughs> One fetus over. <laughs> they're looking really cute too because they're in that sort of like that, little yeah. zygote stage position. where they're, yeah, they're, you know, what they yeah. call that fetal, the fetal position. Is it the fetal yeah. position? Is that what they call it? What is, they don't really have feet yet. Yeah, they so, used to call yeah. it the abacus position. The abacus. <laughs> you know, the hard part is threading them onto that little steel rod. That's not hard yeah. at all, actually. It's, it's well, they're very gone. soft. Yeah, they're well, very soft. Nipotent, sure, so yeah, it's no big deal. Actually, that's how you get them out of there anyway with the string. Well, you so just use you the, just, the yeah, use the the hanger hole. Oh. <laughs> just, just use the, the 
go to Niagara Falls. I'm the worst person that was ever a worst person. <laughs> I. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's pre-threaded for my convenience. We will pay dearly as a nation for this thing going on. And possibly if we were to stop, stop all this slaughter, uh, the judgment of God might be lifted from us. But it's coming, ladies and gentlemen. We just have a little taste of it in terms of the financial system. Man, what a little taste we had. We had a day. Yeah, it was a whole day. Maybe a day and a half because there was kind yeah. of a, a drop and a rebound and some, some bouncing. It was, you sure, know, yeah. it was a little volatility a little there. Volatility. That's a, wow. Didn't even. You would never expect the stock market to be volatile at all. No, yeah. not on a somewhat semi-regular basis but it's going to get shaken to its core in the next few months years or however long it takes sure if you have that's an great a time span <laughs> shit could just happen oh, i don't know it is hell. well however long it takes that's how long it's going to yeah, take right come yeah. on now i bet the stock market crashes in four billion years when the heat death of the universe occurs <laughs> or whatever don't make me pick a day <laughs> I'm not Harold fucking camping. <laughs> and it will hurt every one of us. It's coming down the road, but at least we could repent and try to change. Well, it won't hurt the people who make money off of it. Right. Because but someone's going to make money off of it. Someone's shorting it, right? Yeah, someone's so, going to make money off but, of it. But uh, the Congress has got to override a presidential veto. And if, if Obama sides with that, he is siding with murder. Oh, boo <laughs> <laughs> All right, so there's another clip All here. Right. This is more crash stuff. All right. Uh, Terry, I just, they talk in my ear. I just got an update on the uh, futures in the uh, Dow. It's down 650 points. Wow. Uh, the markets, of course, haven't, haven't opened yet. <clears throat> we're, we're a little ahead of that, but it will be before the, this program's on too long. Uh, but uh, what we're looking at is, is uh, you know, I read yesterday uh, uh, something I'd, I'd scanned before, and I interviewed the author of something called the Schmitta. The yeah, the Schmitta. The fuck is what that? What the fuck is he talking about? The Sabbath year, also called the sabbatical year or Shivit, is the seventh year of the seven-year agricultural cycle mandated by the Torah for the land of Israel, and still observed in Judaism. Is there anybody paying attention right now? None of that makes any, like none of that is. You, how do you hear that and say, "Oh wait, I should definitely sit up and take notice about a fucking super duper old book talking about farming cycle." I love that it's like with like we're paying attention to a fucking seven year ancient agricultural cycle, and that somehow is prophetic. Right. That's something we need to fucking pay attention to. It's like it's like we dug up a ye olde farmer's almanac. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's like you open it up and you're like, oh, wait, this was bullshit then, too. Yeah, no you kidding. Know? Like, yeah. Um, but the the forecast of that thing, that seven-year cycle, that it comes up and at just before the end of it, that there's usually a market, some kind of a correction. No, it's a correction. It's just a fucking correction yeah. in the market. That's it. Fine. Well, this thing is hitting with great force. And if, um, you know, Khan is right on that uh, Shemitah. Shemitah. <laughs> 
sounds like a small indigenous person from somewhere. Like, oh, look at that little shmita. Look at he's got oh. a little shmita. He doesn't have any fucking feet though. He's like, um, well, we could be in for some really rough days in the markets, but this this so is serious. What what do you suggest to people? Because buy gold. Tithe it. Tithe it all. <laughs> Most people have their <clears throat> retirement, their investments tied up in the market. Well, it's it's really been tough. I mean, you know, I used to like the uh, uh, well, those master limited mm -hmm. partnerships. One of them uh, had gone to public, and uh, Kenner Morgan. I thought it was the greatest thing ever, and it's had a big hit. Another one, uh, Enterprise Products, has been killed, so uh, they aren't safe. I thought healthcare stocks were pretty good. They've been hit pretty bad. There's really no segment. Uh, the only thing that is gold, just mm -hmm. gold. Holy shit, gold's down. Gold. Gold and then the hills. This guy's fucking still in fucking. He's a 49er for crying out loud. Dude, he's a dragon, is yeah. what he is. <laughs> he's like he's fucking whatever that thing, smog or whatever. Yeah, right. He just, like, he just wants gold in his life. That's what Schmitta is. It's, it's a dragon. It's yeah. a dragon. And uh, gold stocks. And, uh, but that's. Uh, the, the federal uh, long-term treasuries have, have stabilized and gone up a tad. And so it looks like people are running to the safety of uh, treasuries. But if the Fed wants to uh, raise interest rates, it'll kill that market. So People always run to treasuries during volatility. Like any time that there's any – that is that – is, it's, it's like it's just saying nothing. It's just how they do it. It's it's saying nothing like, yeah. oh, shit's a little unstable over here. Great. We're going to move to Treasury bonds and we're going to buy that. When they, of course they do. Yeah. They, they just couldn't raise interest rates. That would be insane. But nevertheless, uh, the, the market, uh, it looks like it looks like uh, the writing about the Shemitah uh, was right on the money. It's starting to happen. And uh, the, the height of it would be about the middle of September. So we're a month away from. Trouble and trouble is really, you don't know where to go. There's no place to hide financially. So, uh, except in the Lord. The Lord is the ultimate refuge. Never we changing, and aren't Never we glad? Uh, that's seed money stuff, yeah, isn't it? Right? He's talking prosperity gospel shit right there, right? The Lord is the ultimate, yeah. Return on your investment, right? Fucking chuck the money. Yeah, I was kidding when I tithe it all, but he's basically saying, like, hey, just chuck it at God. And if you can't get directly to God, I'll totes be his intermediary. For your money. So we're joined by uh, by Chris Matheson. Uh, author, and I'd like to I'd like to welcome you to the show, Chris. Thank you. It's good to be here. Just let our listeners know who you are, and and uh, you're the author of a book. Please let us know what book that is. The book is called The Story of God, and it's coming out in a few weeks. And it is um, it is the story of God telling from Genesis to Revelation. So I would find this then in the nonfiction section, I presume. Like if I'm I don't I don't know. I think I think it may actually be considered a work of fiction because I'm playing with it a bit and um turning him into a like a real uh, character. <laughs> a real thing. Yeah, that's what I tried to do. The okay. the, the start of it was reading 
the Bible. Oh, I'm so sorry. Repeatedly, yeah. Oh, no, I love oh, it, repeatedly. From a, from a comedic standpoint, it's just gold. I mean, there's so much found comedy. It's really great, I think. I mean, it's just filled with bizarre, ludicrous, hilarious things. And but he makes no sense. Not really. I mean, he's such a strange character that eventually I thought, I want to try to figure out, like, who would this guy be if all of these things are true? If all of this stuff literally did happen, what, who is this guy? Who would behave that way? So that's what I tried to do. I tried to track him from beginning to end. Of course, I focus on the comedic high points, you know, like when he basically meets Moses in the desert and attacks him and tries to kill him for no apparent reason. Well, I, I guess that his son hasn't been circumcised is the ostensible reason. That really is a good reason. I mean, when you're coming down to reasons to attack someone oh, yeah. else, their yeah. son not being circumcised, I think, is high on my list. Anytime I meet a stranger at a cocktail party, I first <laughs> cocktail, ask to see, huh? <laughs> I first ask to examine their son's cocktail wiener mm. because... You know, fair, it's, fair. I mean, yeah. it just seems appropriate. Sure. And then uh, if I find that it is an uncircumcised wiener, yeah. then, you know, we battle to the death. It's a festivist battle is what it is. <laughs> it's a feats of strength. Yeah, exactly. That's, sure. Yeah. Do they know why you're attacking them? Or you just <laughs> no, attack? I just, it's half the fun, yeah. you know? <laughs> right. <It's> just, <laughs> yeah, right. Of course. I mean, I, I do the very same thing. I'll do it to complete strangers on the street. <laughs> Let me see that child. <laughs> That's the hardest barrier to cross in the whole, like, get to the fight because because you first have to examine the kids you know genitals and they're real weird about yeah. that i don't know like, <laughs> people are strangely uncomfortable with that one i, I hear if you wear like a priest color though they're totally yeah they, they yeah. do yeah well so what i do to put them at ease yeah is i've i've got the biggest van i can find uh -huh. filled with candy because sure. i just want the kids to feel i got nothing against the kids i'm gonna fight their dad sure no, yeah, yeah. So, that would help that would help because <laughs> Kid candy and guys who drive around with vans full of candy, who doesn't trust them? Right, yeah. right, right. I'm even willing to fill it with a puppy here or there yeah. that I steal from other kids. You know, <laughs> whatever. Whatever, whatever I, you it know. takes. So you're trying to, so, you, so you're, you're going through, you, you read the Bible a, a, a number of times. Again, my, my sincerest condolences. Because the, the Old Testament has vast swaths of nothing. It's like, it it's like it driving does. through the fucking Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Except if the Midwest was filled with begats. Yes. <laughs> Instead of like somebody just planted <laughs> begat fields. <laughs> there are boring stretches. And I, I think <laughs> typically they're boring when he's off stage. I think when he goes off stage, he's a pretty compelling character. He's very bizarre and he's very mean and he's very destructive and he's hard to understand. He's very volatile and very human. And when he's on stage, I'm usually pretty interested. When he goes off stage and it just becomes kind of a generational human story, yeah. I, I find myself drifting a lot of times then, unless the human characters are interesting. And there's not that many interesting human characters, actually. In your story, does God – does God uh... – uh, tra like go across the boundary between Old and New Testament? Does, oh, yeah. Is the, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I tracked him from beginning to end. It begins with it begins with him sitting in the darkness doing nothing, because if you're if you believe the story, literally, he for some peculiar reasons sat in the darkness, essentially eternally, because he is eternal and before he decided he wanted light. He just sat in the dark, basically. So I start – although there's water underneath him to begin with, which is peculiar too because like why is there water there? Did he make it and then he forgot about it or does it predate him? It's very weird. 
And so I start there and I, yeah, no, I take him all the way through, all the way through the end of the Old Testament. And then, and then kind of in my mind, what he would consider plan B, like plan A didn't work. Like that's a bust, man. That, that well, he's was had a that, couple of plan A's, right? Cause he had plan A, he had like plan A.1 and then he washed that away. Like he's like, oh, no. I, yeah, I killed true. them all. But here you go. Here's a rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm, so I don't want there to be any hard feelings right. after this global genocide yeah. that includes puppies and kittens and everything, everything. you love. Yeah. Right. So I've here's a rainbow. everything, but enjoy the rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> love me. Love me so it much. Almost, it almost feels like a horrible aristocrat's joke, doesn't it? <laughs> It does. <laughs> You're right. There's plan A. And then plan B seems to start with Noah. And that's a bust because Noah is just a drunken asshole, really. <laughs> he reveals himself to be a belligerent asshole who drinks too much and passes out and his robes go up and his junk is showing yeah. and his <laughs> poor son walks in and sees it like what's more horrible uh, than that you walk in and see your dad laying there drunk with his yeah. dick hanging out and <laughs> it's for some reason the only words noah ever speaks are i curse your son to slip for that like the poor wow. kid just walked in and and you know noah turns out to be a belligerent jerk but doesn't it maybe he's got some ptsd the guy's been through some shit yeah <laughs> You know, I mean, like, to be entirely fair, uh, I mean, we we give a lot more leeway to combat veterans that have seen a lot less than a global genocide. (laughs) I get that he would want to drink a lot. That that I do understand. But coming down so hard on his son for walking in and he's like, wear some underwear, dude. You know, (laughs) right? That's a bit of a dick move. Right? (laughs) It's a dick move. It's literally a A dick dick move. move. Yeah, it is a dick. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. quite literally. One of the big jokes of the story. What I think. There's a bunch that are funny, but and none of them are really stated. It's like I said, it's kind of found comedy to me. But one of the big jokes is he's he is ostensibly all powerful, right? He's got he's absolutely powerful. He's he's omnipotent. He's sure. omniscient. But things never seem to go he wants, which is really funny to me. Like you could do whatever you want, and yet you're always mad. <laughs> because things aren't going the way you want. It doesn't make any sense. And you just, no matter what you try, it doesn't work out. And you get infuriated. And then you make big blustery threats that you don't follow through on. <laughs> what What is the problem with you? That is something I have never considered. <laughs> but it is hilarious. Because you, you, it'd be like, it'd be like uh, somebody who, I guess, somebody who has all the money in the world and all the power in the world and is you know, just is, is mad about it or whatever. Yeah. They you say know, like, like a they, motel they, six yeah, and they're yeah, mad exactly. that it's like a lumpy bed. It's like, yeah. you could have stayed at anywhere else. <laughs> right. Like, you, yeah. could do, you could create any reality you want. You created this perfect reality supposedly. And you're mad all the time because it's not, it's not what you want, which to me, I ended up thinking there's three different ways of looking at this guy. Number one, he's kind of a fraud. He's kind of the Wizard of Oz. He's not really all-powerful. He's sort of claiming he's all-powerful, but he's a big talker, and he really can't back it up. There's that, which is pretty funny. I like that one a lot. Yeah. Number two, he's a fool. 
which is to say he is all powerful, but he's just kind of an idiot and, and he just does <laughs> dumb things. It's sort of like Will Ferrell as, as God, where he's just always tripping over his own feet. And just because he's all powerful doesn't mean he's brilliant. And he makes boneheaded moves. Like It explains all the physical comedy in the Bible. It you know? would. And then the last one is the most interesting one, and that's that he's basically a freak. And that he's sort of self-hating, that he that it's all going exactly the way he wants. And it's this weird punishment game because in, for some peculiar reason, he kind of hates himself and he wants to torture himself. And he does it again and again and again. And he does it to us, too. And he, and he, and he hates us. Of course, he hates humans. He hates all humans. I mean, he hates everybody other than his chosen people. And he doesn't like them either, really. <laughs> he doesn't like anybody. And he hates us because he created us in his image. And what he sees, you, you know, you look in the mirror and you hate what you see. So, so I, they're all kind of interesting, I think. What is his thoughts on, uh, on his hippie son? Does he hate his hippie son too? I, I ended up thinking that he did. I ended up thinking that he's so narcissistic and he's so vain and he's so pompous and he's so, he's such a drama queen, basically, that he can't stand all the attention going to Jesus, who, who's a bit nicer than he is. He is. I mean, he's a bit nicer than he is. And he really, really doesn't like it because if you think about it, it you'd send, okay, I'm going to send my son down. And why wouldn't he, he can make people live a thousand years. I think Methuselah lives a thousand years. I mean, they routinely live to be 800 early on. Jesus could live a thousand years. He could go everywhere, right? <laughs> he could, he could, he could, like the Mormons could actually be correct. He could actually go to North America and, and say his thing and live until the Middle Ages or something and just tell everybody, go to China, go to Japan. It's like, no, 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 no. Very quickly, after about a year, it's like, no, pull the plug, kill him, get him out of there. I'm, I don't like that. I don't think he likes it. Yeah. I don't think he likes sharing the spotlight and he has to share the spotlight. And so I ended up thinking, no, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't like him. And I don't think he understands him because Jesus does very peculiar things that, that I don't think God would understand. I think, I think you're right. He is kind of like a hippie in in some ways, and uh, and he does weird things. He like kisses a dude, and and he, he walks around <laughs> on the water at night. You know, it's like, <laughs> why don't you walk around on the water in broad daylight and show people your power? And it's like, no, he just walks around a lake by himself at night. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, show off. I gave you that. To Anyway, what's God's feelings on? I'm I'm curious about uh, God's take on Revelation. You know, because that's that's the only part that hasn't happened yet. So I think he makes his grant. He he is uh, off stage for most of uh, the New Testament. He's he's backed off, and he just can't deal with it. And he shows up, and Revelations is the final amazing star turn. It's like in 70s movies terms, if it was a trailer, it would be like, God is back and better than ever. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, he's amazing. And somehow my take on it is being out of the spotlight for a while made him go crazy. And he's so much meaner and he's so much darker and he's so much more evil. He's like a James Bond villain in Revelations. He's so bad. <laughs> or I decided at one point because he's so queeny because he's got such queeny gay tastes and everything. But 
like he be, he becomes like a weird blend of like Hitler and Liberace in Revelations because <laughs> he's like I you know I want my palace to have you know an ice skating rink and I want to have <laughs> and I want to have you know eyeball creatures with eyeballs all over them singing <laughs> these songs to me songs which he presumably has composed to himself. And, <laughs> The whole book has got to be like that, though, because it's everything yeah. is his, his yeah. and to himself. So he created these people who then, sh- like, in many ways, forget about him. And then he right. has to remind them that they forgot about him. Yeah. <laughs> but they should never forget about him since he made those people. It, it would make you – I mean, from his standpoint, it would be it, it would be kind of shocking. At, like, I made this whole thing. I just did it. And none of them even believe in me. Like five people believe in me. Like when you get to, um, you know, right before Abraham, <clears throat> like nobody even seems to believe in him. Like, with, like they're, they all are obsessed with Baal, you know, the sex god. Of course they're obsessed yeah. with well, Baal, come on. the sex god. Why wouldn't you be? Baal's, I'm you know, still like, interested. <laughs> yeah, they're like they're, – Baal throws fun drunken orgies. Of course they like Baal. And, and God's like telling them – all he does is make rules about what you can't do sexually because he hates sex because he's so repressed because he's so uptight because I think he's a repressed homosexual. I, I think he's a repressed homosexual. He's obsessed with cock. That's for sure. Yeah. He talks about cock endlessly. Cock and balls, man. <laughs> cock and balls. Exactly how he wants cock and balls to be. And women – he never talks about it. He says nothing about women's bodies except they're unclean and they're impure. And they need to go out like in the wilderness yeah, yeah, on their right. period or whatever. <laughs> you can't yeah. touch them for seven days. They, yeah. He basically totally. is like a Kim Jong-il level narcissist. Yes, he Who is. thinks girls have cooties. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty that, much that's it. it. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So Revelations is the exact ending that he deserves because by the end – by the end of Revelations, he's sending angels down to Earth to basically lop mankind to pieces while these eyeball monsters sing this <laughs> song to him about how wonderful and kind he is. It's like, okay, you're a, you're a villain, man. You're uh, a supervillain. It doesn't you, get any worse. When that. you have an eyeball monster, you are technically <laughs> a villain super, at that point. Yeah. I don't think you I can, think you, yeah. I think I think you absolutely are. Yeah. Let's get away from the, the story of the book itself, but and let's talk about the motivations behind writing it. What made you want to write this book? Well, I'm a comedy writer. You know, I've I, I I wrote I've written movies for quite a long time and I'm as a comedy writer, you live in search of a good character because characters are what makes comedy. Um, mm-hmm. in my view, I, there's nothing else. Uh, everything else is kind of thin, but a good character, that's what you remember that sticks with you. That's what's worth. And that's, what's fun to write. You know, everything else is kind of jokey and, you know, just kind of, I don't know, whatever, clever. And I, I can't do that anyway. And, and I don't want to do it. So I, why I'm interested in, in religion at all. I, I, I don't know. Uh, deep personal pathologies. I think I, I wasn't. <laughs> I, I just am. I can't stay away from this stuff. I, I'm the sort of person who reads the Quran for pleasure. I'm the sort of person who reads the Book of Mormon for pleasure. Always a certain kind of pleasure, mind you. It's comedic yeah. pleasure. <laughs> I'm looking for things that I find funny. I'm not looking for like, oh wow, this is gonna. You're not looking for spiritual salvation. I'm not looking sense. for spiritual yeah. guidance. I absolutely am not expecting to find. There's very little of that. There's a tiny little bit, the only little bit that I really can think of in the Bible is Ecclesiastes, which is completely different 
than anything in the book. Like if you take Ecclesiastes seriously, the rest of the book is total bullshit. If you actually read Ecclesiastes and took it seriously, it's a great subversive joke because it's like, you know what? Everything else in this entire book is bullshit. It's all wrong. Um, so I do like that. I like that one piece. Anyway, so I'm just drawn to it. And I thought this guy was an amazing character. He is an amazing character. He's the greatest character. And my end point, what I was going to is the book of Job, which is typically perceived as a great work of spiritual wisdom, but it's not. It's, it's a huge joke, and it's a great joke. And my own belief is that it's a deliberate joke, that it's, it's the first and still the greatest work of satire ever written, that the author of the book of Job knows that they are revealing God as a, a bully, mm-hmm. um, a, a belligerent, uh, kind of vaguely insane. <laughs> he kind of falls <laughs> apart at the end of Book of Job, and he just starts spouting all this irrational shit about <laughs> about unicorns and sea monsters, and you know he just loses his shit at the end of Job. And I thought I was just going to write that, and then I thought, no, I want to write. I want to track this guy. I want to. I want to see. I want to just sort of sit on his shoulder if I can, and just follow him and see if I can make sense of this guy. And that's what I tried to do. So, does God have? A character arc? I think he does, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I think I think he absolutely does. I mean, he does and he doesn't because I think he ends up – I mean, at least the ending that I sort of stumbled onto is he's just – he's back to square one and he's going to do the whole thing again and he really hasn't learned very much. But because comedic characters never learn because they cease to be funny the moment they learn anything. They can't really by definition. Once they figure something out, they're not funny anymore. They're not a fool anymore. Um, But I think he goes through a tremendous amount of uh, pain and suffering. And I tried to write some of that, too, because I I thought it made it a better story. And I ended up feeling weirdly uh, the deeper I went into it uh, the more kind of sorry I felt for this character, because at a certain point I thought, what a horrible job. What a horrible <laughs> role. You know, you're all by yourself. You have no mother. And there's no Mrs. God. You, know? you have like, no, well, no, there wouldn't be anyway. Well, you Mr. Know? <laughs> yeah. you know, there would be, there would yeah. be, uh, there's hunky angels, I think, <laughs> <laughs> who keep him company. I think there's me. But he has no friends. He has no peers. He has no dad. He has no siblings. He has nothing. Well, he's got his hippie kid that he doesn't like. Yeah, but I mean, does he really know him? I mean, like, <laughs> who knows? I mean, some people would say, well, yeah, they knew each other in heaven forever. He's got Satan. That's what he's got. He's got Satan. You know, Satan's always there. Satan's there from the beginning, right from the very beginning and to the end. So Satan's his his only sort of companion on this weird journey. Are they kind of frenemies at this point? Like, is that? I think they're, I think my take on it was they are enemies, of course. But if you take the story seriously, if you're going to take the book in any way at face value, you must believe that God created Satan, right? You have to, right, because otherwise right, it's course. not monotheism anymore. You're in some <laughs> weird kind of yeah, polytheism yeah. where Satan is a equivalent power to God. So you must believe that God created Satan. Therefore, th- this circles back around to God as freak, who at the very beginning of a giant plan of of implementing a giant plan <laughs> creates their worst enemy to fuck it up <laughs> right from the start like right from the very beginning you create your worst enemy to go in 
and basically um, knock it over. Yeah, right. Like the, the Garden of Eden, it's right at the very start. Like how, <laughs> how far are we into existence? A week maybe? And Satan just basically waltzes in and tips the whole thing over. So, Well, the best part is God can't write it properly either like no not at all it's always made me laugh about that story too it's like satan derails the train and god's just like well fucking now we're derailed instead of being like you you do realize you can just mulligan your god you, yeah, you, you right. can just be like oh no you know what i meant the other tree and then eat the snake <laughs> and call it a day <laughs> like right. it's not that big a deal it wouldn't be or go back to square one do it right. again and make the humans a little different make them obedient because that's what you want you big fucker i mean <laughs> make them obedient little robots that's clearly what you want this whole free will thing is a disaster it doesn't work so so who's your audience for this book so you've obviously uh, i'm 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 guessing i'm guessing it's not the Christian right. Yeah. So, you know, to the degree that any of them would read it because they'd just be so – they want to know what the enemy is doing. That's fine because I am adhering to their book. I am trying to hoist them on their own petard a little bit you know, because there's a lot of – I'm referring to their book. I have a lot of biblical references. I'm tracking their book. This is sure. your book. But no, I don't think that's the primary – Readership. Look, I love. I mean, I love Dawkins, and I and I love what uh, Jerry Coyne does, and I, I mean, these guys are great. And 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 Pete Bogosian is is a, a friend and, a, and an important part of the whole movement. And Hitchens, I thought, was great. I think I can make people laugh about this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think I can make people. I, I think that we need to laugh at this story. I think it's important that we laugh at this story. It's a ludicrous story and it will cease to have, it's already ceasing to have the power that it had a couple hundred years ago, but it's still very powerful. It's still, it's still ubiquitous. And I want, um, I think my role would be that to help people laugh at it. And I would feel really good about that. And it, uh, so that's who I hope my readers are. It's, to me, it's the ultimate emperor's new clothes story. This is the ultimate emperor's new clothes. Sure. This, this is a joke. If you look at this book carefully, it's ludicrous. So when does it come out? September 15th. It's available on Amazon. I think it's on Kindle. I also did a voice version of it. So if anybody wanted to hear me read, hear me read it, then... Do your dogs bark while? <laughs> my, dog, my, dogs are, my dogs are barking. Yeah. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us. Um, this, the book's called The Story of God. It is. Okay. Well, we'll send our, our listeners to go read it and we'll, we'll download it ourselves. Thanks Absolutely. for joining us. It's great talking to you guys. Yeah, nice man. talking to you Thanks too. Thanks so much. Appreciate your time. It was my pleasure. So we want to thank our uh, our most recent patrons. We want to thank all our patrons, of course, for uh, for all their generous donations. We're we're super appreciative of all of you. But we want to thank the people who most recently signed on: Hector, Jim, Chase, Kristen, Niles, Rex, Sean, Mark, David, Theo, Emily, Elizabeth, Brett, Simon, Nathan, and Edward. Thank you also very much for your generous donations. We truly do appreciate it. We also got a few via, via PayPal, Tom. We did. Uh, Paul, Brian, and Seth, thank you very much for your generous donations uh, via PayPal. One of them was very directed. Cecil. Yeah, somebody uh, somebody sent us a message 
Brian, who sent in money, said, uh, said, the nostalgia when you make a Dynasty's Warriors reference is amazing. I was going to get the new version. Then I realized that it hasn't changed since DW3. Just a rehash of the game with a new weapon, a new hairstyle, and a little more side boob on a pixel character than the last game. So instead, I donate to you guys. <laughs> so I want to say to, to uh, Brian, first off, Dynasty Warriors is always worthy of a buy. Always. doesn't matter what the game It doesn't matter. It's always worthy of a buy. Won't That's number one. Won't you be punished by Lou Boo if you don't? No, you will. Absolutely. Yeah. He'll come to your house and he'll, he'll sing Norwegian death metal to you. It's going to make me laugh forever. Anyway, uh, the other thing, too, is that Lou Boo in 7 uh, had a, a, a four-sided halberd. And in the new one, he only has a one-sided halberd. So oh, I think, bullshit. I mean, that's totally a different weapon. Like, it's not, I mean, it's not even, it's, you say, like, with a new weapon, like, that's a totally different weapon. Totally different. That's I mean, out. I mean, it's just fucking You gotta buy that game twice. It's night so exciting. Day. What a night difference. Yeah. yeah. We got a message. This is from M. And M sounds <laughs> a couple of pretty funny uh, bits. M is living in, uh, in Japan and is, uh, is... How her boyfriend is Japanese, <laughs> and the best part about this message is, uh, she said, "I think you have your first Japanese listener," uh, and he doesn't understand much English, but he can pick out the word homosexual. He also thinks you laugh like bad or stupid <laughs> people. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations on having critics in every language. That's she a, says, "That's I a think great that's line. Great. great line. Thank you, Em." Yeah, we got a great image. This is from uh, from Caleb. He sent us a Todd Starnes image. I'll put it on this week's show notes. <laughs> so so check it out. Episode two forty six. <laughs> it's really funny. It's super childish, which is why I love it. We got a message from Jonathan and Jonathan and said, hey, guys, if your podcast were a woman, I'd sleep with her and then feel guilty about it. <laughs> <laughs> Steph, uh, Stephen sent in uh, uh, an Islamic call to prayer. So this is Stephen's call to prayer. <laughs> Great transition. <laughs> I love that song. That's awesome. Uh, we got another call to prayer. This one's from Pat. Uh, so this is <laughs> this is Pat's call to prayer. I love that. I'm putting that on my workout mix. I love that song so much. That song is awful. It's terrific, and you love it. I'm playing it at your funeral. <laughs> we got a message, Tom, from Harrison, and he wants to he wants to ask us a question. Yeah, so he 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 relays a story um, about going out. He's a geologist. They went out. They pointed at some rock strata that appeared to be from the paleo Paleozoic era. Jesus, um, and uh, his his geology buddy was there, and he said. Uh, well, how are we going to account for the layer from Noah's flood? Um, and he thought he was kidding, of course, because that's retarded. Um, <laughs> but it turns out that his buddy was dead serious. And he says, I just can't wrap my brain around the fact that this asshat spent four years getting a degree with a main principle being the geologic time scale. 
If you guys don't know about it, it's a hell of a lot older than 6,000 years. He acquired a geology degree for what? To try to convince people of the Earth being 6,000 years old or the degree to back it up? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Keep up the great work. Um, yeah, I, I think I think folks like that, there's a tremendous amount of compartmentalization that people are able to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've been flabbergasted before. Like, the idea, honestly, that anybody who's engaged in the sciences, especially the hard sciences that have such a respect for, you know, observation and evidence could still be faithful. To me, I can't, I have a hard time bridging that gap, but people do it all the time with little difficulty. Yeah. So, and I have like four vindictive degrees. So, so, yeah. <laughs> vindictive degrees? <laughs> then you just get to spite somebody. I just get to spite people. I, I got a culinary degree just so I could tell my mom she was doing it wrong. <laughs> We got a message from uh, from David in Kentucky, and he says, listening to episode 245 with no religion required, it seems like reading the Bible on your on your show is becoming a rite of passage for podcasts, like a Jedi building their own lightsaber. So are you guys planning on reading the Bible any, on the air anytime soon? No, we don't believe in the force. So <laughs> we're not going to do that. Uh, you know, the thing is, is like, I understand that there are people who think that they need to learn the learn the Bible or read the Bible. Sure. And I understand that there's a, there's a necessity there because they want to get into those intricate arguments. They want to dig in there and say, look at how absurd this is. How can you believe this? And they want to convert people. I have no desire to convert people. I don't ever want to convert. I don't want to convert a single person. Don't care. All I want to do is just have fun. And that's what this podcast is all about. Sure, and it right. doesn't require the Bible to do that. Uh, I don't need to know any kind of lore about leprechauns to know that they're not real. I don't need to know any kind of lore whatsoever about dragons sure, or right. anything, any of the things that we talk about. I don't need to know any of the lore or the history behind those mystical things in order to think that they're not a real thing. And that's how I feel about the Bible. I just don't, I don't believe it. I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to meet you on the tennis court to talk about it. I, I think like the whole, you got to read it before you know, you don't believe it stuff. I think that comes at it from an angle of, of, of kind of giving the Bible sort of an inherent credence and, and respect that, yeah. that I'm, I'm not convinced that it deserves at all. I mean, I've not read the whole thing, but it is all so patently absurd. All of the stories, everything, the whole God concept. I can't get past the God sure, concept. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's not like you didn't pitch the book to me before you told before you had me read it. Right. And you pitched the book by saying there's an omnipotent guy who's watching you masturbate. And I'm right. just like, well, that's weird. I know. Yeah. Give me some pointers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's omnipotent. Can he at least fucking massage my prostate while right. I do it? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, so we got a, a handful of emails um, where I was corrected. I made I made a, a foolish comment. I was inaccurate, uh, more so than usual. Um, I made a joke uh, about a chubby security guard being the Olympic bomber from the Olympics uh, that happened in Georgia. Um, turns out that dude didn't do it. It was some other dude. But there was kind of a rush to judgment. This guy kind of got lambasted. Uh, I forget the names of him. I think Richard Jewell was the name of the guy. Um, and he got, you know, sort of pigeonholed and lambasted when, in fact, he kind of was a hero in that circumstance. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I fell for it and didn't know. Sure. You know, and I'm sorry. I was just inaccurate and wrong. Yeah. 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 Like usual. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm always inaccurate and wrong. I should 
I should probably spend less time making corrections than pointing out when I'm accidentally correct. We also got a lot of messages about uh, eating meat. And one of the things we that we that, that people were talking about is the environmental impact. And I think Tom and I touched on it, but we were, you know, that we got several different back and forth messages about environmental impact that were very interesting. So we wanted to thank everybody for sending us uh, the back and forth because there were some people who were saying that there was environmental impact the other way too. Like when you're uh, – when you're uh, eating specifically vegetables, how, you know, right, farmland can be sometimes problematic, especially with how we uh, we fertilize that farmland and things like that. Right. Um, some people had asked us, uh, you know, to think about our environmental impact when we eat meat. And I think that I live my life pretty I'm, – I'm trying to be pretty environmentally sound. I think the major things that I do – to, to try to make sure I have a lower carbon footprint is I don't drive my car very often, drive it maybe once a week. Uh, I walk to work or ride my bike almost everywhere. I don't go, I normally don't go shopping with my, with my car. I normally shop on my bike and then drive home. Uh, I have a very small place that I live in Chicago. Uh, you know, it's relatively small. It's not a, it's not one of these like very large, you know, sort of big houses. It's a, it's a small enough place for Sarah and I to sort of live. And I don't have kids. And I think that those, you know, those yeah. things, those things lead, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I do eat meat, but there's a lot of things I do that are pretty ecologically sound. Um, so, you know, you just do what you can to try to, you know, reduce your carbon footprint. That's one of the things I'm not willing to give up is eating meat. Got a message about Planned Parenthood. Um, this is an interesting message. Price had sent this in and said, uh, a lot of men, Planned Parenthood is the only game in town when it comes to reproductive health, vasectomies, STI testing, uh, and the like are often only available through Planned Parenthood. So that's, wow, that's really I great. That was I didn't even really. I had no idea they did vasectomies. I didn't either. I might just get another one just to, you know, see how they do. Sure. Kind of compare and contrast. You, what you should do is get one ball done by one person. <laughs> God, that would be fucking horrible. Oh, God. It's bad enough getting it done once. I wouldn't. No. Let me have these. So we got to. There's a couple of. Uh, uh, Dave's, Dave sent in uh, uh, a few towns. And places in Britain, and I'm going to read some of these off. The first one is Butthole Lane. That's amazing. I like that in in Leicester, Leicestershire, Leicester, in that place. Le- in, 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 it, it's Leicester, Worcestershire, Worcestershire, Worcestershire sauce. Uh, Andrew's Knob is another one. That's amazing. Willsford Cum Lake. That's a good one. It's a little salty. That's a saltwater lake, I think. Finger and Ho Essex. <laughs> Shitterton. <laughs> Shitterton is amazing. Upper Dicker. <laughs> Sluts Hole Lane. Sluts Hole Lane. Cox. <laughs> Shitebrook. Shitebrook. <laughs> now, this one doesn't mean anything here, but I know it means something over there. Fanny Ho. I like that. Fanny, I mean, yeah. Fanny means something Fanny's different. Here, right? Yeah, it means but your butt. I yeah. think it means your your twat over there. Fanny. Does it? I think Fanny means twat over there. Oh. They got a place called twat. It seems redundant. This one here too, Minge Lane. That's not anything like over here. We don't we don't know it. I don't know what I've minge? heard Minge before, but I don't know what that means. Like I don't nothing. I, I, I that guy Ali G said it to one of those spice girls. He was talking about Minge. He was talking about meningitis, but he used minge instead, and it was like it, I could tell it was a pun that he was doing, but yeah. I couldn't. I don't. I didn't have that a word. For I didn't me. have yeah. the vocabulary right. to make yeah. to make it work. So thanks, <laughs> Dave, for sending in better names than. It would be great to have a home on Horsham. Butthole Lane in Shitterton. Yeah, that would be tremendous. 
we got a message, a long message from uh, from Dave. And Dave was talking about uh, the honorary professorship that uh, that uh, Tim Hunt had, and he was making sure that we recognize that it's an honorary professorship, not uh, a job. And right. we and, and I I think we tried to mention that, but we might have glossed over it. But it, you're right; it was an honorary professorship that he resigned from. Yes. So different. Although I thought he was given a letter that was basically that just resigned. But I, right. maybe I'm remembering somebody else. Uh, but anyway, thank you for sending it in. But I wanted to mention the image. <laughs> He sent an image of Captain Canada that both of us laughed at. It'll be in this week's show notes. We both it's thought so it was great. It's so funny. It's great. So we got a message from Brandon, uh, who's sadly in Louisiana. And uh, he, he, he left a message, or he sent a message to us talking about the bagel, Tom. He did. He had, he had a host of questions. Um, but uh, he, he specifically asked, what about when I put a bagel in my wife's ear? She really likes when I put my bagel there, and yes, of course, it is a tight fit, but it does go there, and I kind of like it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Great question. Uh, yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it's one for the ages. Yeah. Yeah. We got a message uh, from, from Stephen, and this is, uh, this is Pastor Hagee oh, clip so that awesome. he sent us. God will take a stand against us. I refer you to the Babylonians, to the Romans, to the Greeks. Sweat drop down my butt. <laughs> that was great. Thank you. We got a message. Uh, this is from uh, Citizen Gold. And Citizen Gold asks us, um, first off, if being a patron, patron pulls any weight with us. No, it doesn't. Um, so that's number one. <laughs> but we thought this question was interesting enough to talk about. So we, we decided to talk about it. The question you wanted us to to, to sort of uh, ponder here was something that came across and you were wondering what we thought. So, Tom, what's the question? The question is, would a purely atheistic society collapse? Why or why not? The question could be asked another way. Do you need religion for your society to survive? Yeah. Uh, I tend to think it, it doesn't have to be. I don't think it necessarily has to be uh, that there needs to be religion. I think that if you... You know, I, I look as, a, as an example. I look at your own house, right? You have a son who never was religious, never brought up religious. Sure. Very moral, caring, nice little boy. You know, cares about other people, cares about how other people feel. Sure. He's, he's, a, he's a genuinely nice little kid. You didn't teach him anything about God. Right. But you taught him morality. So I think, you know, I think that it's absolutely possible to have a world where you have a group of people who don't teach their children the boogeyman stories right. that scare them into being moral. Instead, teach them just genuine moral principles, and they'd turn out fine. Yeah, and I can tell you, it's not hard because we did it. Yeah. And we're lazy You're and terrible terri parents. Terrible parents. Yeah, I mean, yeah. horrible. It's to the kid's credit. That yeah, he got, oh, it's, that he, yeah, he climbed up yeah. out of that muck. Right. You know what I mean? I mean? Yeah. We ask him these moral questions. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what the fuck do I do here? Should, yeah. I, should I stop shaking your younger brother or no? <laughs> I've been shaking him for 15 minutes while you've been riding your bike. I didn't know this was wrong. I, I, I can't imagine. Why would an atheistic society collapse? I mean, there's countries that are 70% atheist. And yeah. they're, they're thriving. So we want to thank our, uh, our guest tonight, uh, Chris Matheson, author of The Story of God. 
Uh, the link for that book on Amazon will be on this week's show notes, uh, episode 246. So if you want to check that book out, you can pre-order it now from Amazon. We want to thank Chris for coming on. Uh, he was a great guest, and we had a lot of fun. So that's going to wrap it up for this week. We're going to be back next week. But we're going to leave you like we always do with Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. 